the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be together again. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for the daily email, the daily wink. What you need to know, we'll send it out to you at 8 a.m. East Coast time, 5 a.m. Pacific time. Almost 80,000 email addresses are in that system. We send it out every morning, five days a week. So you get what you need to know. You get a couple of links to uh, some of our interviews, a few of my uh, what I see as the most important issues of the day. And we will go from there. So uh, please go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there. Also, you can find all these great interviews that we do uh, posted over there as standalone links in the show as a podcast also. So, all right, let's get right to it. In a few minutes, we'll talk with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, the great uh, second half or first half, depending on how you look at it, of the Schlafly Report with his brother Andy. And then later, we'll talk with Noah Weinrich, who is over at Heritage Action. And they're keeping an eye on what exactly is going on in some of the... uh, and some of the election issues and some of what's happening. So we'll talk with him, uh, election integrity. I say it that way to, to clarify. And so we'll talk with him in a moment and that'll be good. I haven't heard, I haven't had him on the show, on the show before. So he's a guy that I'm interested to listen to. So now let us talk about this issue. I did a little video earlier. You go over to Facebook Live, Ed Martin Live. I did a Facebook segment, Ed Martin Live. Over on YouTube, it's under Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, our, our, our channel there. And then also on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin, on Parlor at Ed Martin, on um, Gab Ed Martin. So, did this video every morning, 945 East Coast time. I jump on there and do about 15 minutes. Kind of what you need to know, kind of warm up. And, and as I was talking to, um, as I was talking to, uh, about these topics, I, I came around to this and I want to tell you this issue right now. Uh, I, I relayed this on that, uh, on that, uh, video. I have been, um, I have been for many, many months now, probably almost 10 months, been doing an interview on a, a Illinois radio station every Wednesday morning. And when I m- most recently talked to the host, Stevie J, and his brother, Johnny, and the three of us have these conversations, and, and the most recent conversation was all about how they're not covering in the mainstream media the immigration, you know, onslaught, the illegal immigration onslaught at the border. Now, I did tune into Fox News uh, earlier today for a few hours. I had it on in the room I was in. I was working and I did notice that they did cover some of the border stuff. But, you know, in general, you're not seeing it on the mainstream news. You're not seeing it in the in the newspapers. You're not seeing it certainly on cable news, uh, CNN, MSNBC. And it's a real disaster. I mean, it's amazing. We got terror suspects coming through the border. We got girls being exploited at the border, underage kids. It's just a disaster. We've talked about it a lot. It's the Biden policy now is a policy that invites underage uh, children to be sent and have their lives managed by an illegal cartel, organized crime. That's the policy. And we have 100,000. We have 200,000. We don't even know how many thousands have come pouring into the country. But you don't even hear that. You don't even see that. You don't even know anything about it. And the question on the uh, Illinois radio station where I was uh, invited to be a guest and I'm on regularly, one of the guys said, if nobody covers it, is it a story? You know, so being facetious. But here's the story. You've noticed this that's dominating our lives right now. Now that I say it, you'll agree. It's dominating. Big tech is covering it. Big media is covering it. 
Joe Biden's big government is, is, is forcing the issue. And what is it? Racism. That there's racists everywhere. There's racists, anti-Asian racists. There's anti-black racists. It's racism everywhere, right? And the, the, the woman cop that was uh, fired, I think, she, no, I think she resigned. And now she's going to be charged, I think, up in Minnesota for this recent uh, death. She discharged her, her her service revolver instead of, or I wasn't a revolver, her service, uh, her, her weapon instead of using her uh, taser. She made a mistake, she said, and everybody seems to agree. She's still going to be charged. She's 26 years experience. She should have known better, et cetera, et cetera. I, I can agree with all that, I suppose. But they make it out into races. They're rioting all over Minnesota, Minneapolis and the suburb or the areas around it because of this killing. They say it was a racist killing. She's a woman. I thought that mattered. Isn't that, that's one of the hyphenated groups Joe Biden teaches us about. We have to honor, you know, hyphenated groups. In the cops that were stopping this man who ended up dead was an African-American, it looks like, and a Hispanic-American and this woman. So it looks like we got all the diverse things we're supposed to have, unless somebody could have been defined as LGBT. Maybe that'll come out later. But in the midst of this, the young man who died decides to pull his hands away from the cop, jump in a car, and try to speed away, which is when he was shot accidentally. Here's a tip. Do you know the number of people who die from, from not resisting an arrest from not resisting the police? If you, if you undertake what the police tell you, you don't die. 100%. Now, I suppose I could be wrong. Maybe there's someone who is murdered in cold blood. I haven't seen it. But the rest of these things is, is when people resist arrest, they have to be uh, they have to be restrained. They have to be stopped. And when they're operating a vehicle or have access to a gun, etc., you have to stop them any way you can so you don't die. So my point here is, well, forget about the border. Forget about inflation. Have you noticed inflation? Hey, the costs of milk are way up. Costs of bread are way up. Cost of gas are way up. It's inflation. It's coming. Jimmy Carter is coming back. Here he is. Joe Biden is the new Jimmy Carter. Here comes inflation. Nobody's covering that. Nobody's covering any of that. Nobody's covering how our kids are actually still trapped in broken schools because the teachers unions are bullies. Not being covered. What we're being covered is everybody's racist. And it's simply not true. But here's the key thing I want you to know. Here's what you need to know. Fear mongering is is now the the drug of choice. The the fear mongerers are are are, are feeding fear. Big tech, big media, big uh, government. It's fear. The two things they're trying to instill fear about are are the two things are one is COVID, COVID, COVID. The vaccines don't work. There's a new branch of of, of coronavirus. Uh, on and on and on. Wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. Fauci says this. Fauci says that. Fear, fear, fear. And as I told someone, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not, whether it's based on facts or not, whether it's based on fiction or it doesn't matter. This this is a true statement. I'm about to say. Ready? Here it is. Many, many of our seniors in this country are afraid of COVID and coronavirus. They have heard enough and they've seen enough and they understand enough to be afraid of it. And we have to honor their fear, meaning we have to not think, oh, grandma, you're being silly. Oh, Uncle George, you're being naive. No, it doesn't matter how they got fearful. They're fearful. Just by the way, and I'll talk about this later in the show, Rasmussen has a poll out. 51% of Americans say that they believe the election in 2020 included cheating that may have changed the election. 51% of Americans, 74% of Republicans and 30% of Democrats believe that. 30% of Democrats. It doesn't matter how we got to the point where a majority of Americans believe the election was cheat. There was cheating. It doesn't matter how we got here. What are we going to do about it? So back to the fear. We have our seniors terrified by fear. 
They, they, they have been driven wild by fear because of COVID. And some other people too, by the way, people with comorbidities and people with other issues, they're very, very fearful. And the media's love that. And the big tech has loved that. And the big governments love that. It's all a way to keep people agitated. In, in politics and in many ways, fear is the best motivator. And now we have fear of racism, fear of cops, fear of violence, fear, fear, fear. Van Jones is on CNN and he's saying if they don't convict Chauvin, it will be a message to black men and black black women, but mostly black men. It's open season on you. That's what he said. Inviting rioting, inviting violence, inviting fear, creating fear. Now, remember, I'm, I happen to be a Christian. I hope many of you are. If you're not, I'd, I'd encourage you to look into, into Christ and then take a look. I think it's a pretty important guy. It can lead to a lot of good things. Please take a look. But when I read my Bible, you get over and over again, Christ Jesus says, be not afraid. Put fear aside. Don't let fear dominate. In other words, fear is not godliness. And what we have right now is an epidemic of fear. What you need to know is that our culture is being driven by people, by institutions that want to instill in you fear, and they want the fear because why? Because they make money and gain power from it. When you're fearful, you want your government to solve problems too often. When you're fearful, you want to go rushing to the TV. If somebody says, hey, there's a hurricane coming, you better check on the TV. You say, I'm going to go put the TV on. I'm going to put it on CNN. I'm going to put it on local news. I got to see that. If you go and rush to the internet and you say, what can I do to find out what's happening? Is that all these racist killings? There's racism all these places. There's, there's COVID. There's all the ra- ra- Asian Americans are being targeted, all this stuff. It's, it's not that it's nonsense. It's taking facts of our lives and turning them into the truth. The truth of our American life is that we have more peace, more prosperity, more harmony than at any time in, in, in American history and, and our nation at any time in U.S., in, in world history. In terms of harmony, peace, prosperity, it's unprecedented. We have things we can do better. We have moments where things are, uh, are really terrible. If you happen to live in Chicago on a weekend, you have violence all the time. I mean, it's the things that, are, that I'm not saying, we're not saying it's perfect. The kingdom hasn't come. But when we get fear mongers, the fear mongers are pushing, they're, they're, they're pushing into the veins of America fear. And they're saying not, this is an accurate fear to do better, to be concerned about. That's not fear. That's being cautious and smart and, and trying to figure it out. Fear is when you're overdosed with a fact and try to drive the truth try to drive a false truth uh, uh, something that is truly truly despicable evil to make people so afraid and so fearful and yet and i'll finish with this the hardest part of what's going on right now is we've never seen such power in the fear mongers big tech big media and especially big government they have the ability to push fear like the opioids that killed George Floyd and other people. They have the ability to change our minds and our lives through science, neuroscience and dopamine and brainwashing and government coercion. It's, it's daunting. And our solutions are eternal and everlasting. You know them. Understanding the real truth, cutting through the falsity, naming the lies, finding the people that you can rely on. But it doesn't make it easy doesn't make it simple and frankly when you look around and see fear it's like fear is spreading and you've got to put up you've got to try to cut it off 
cut off the fear in any way you can. It's extraordinary to see. But don't believe it. Don't believe it. All right, we got to take a break. We got to, when we come back, we'll talk with John Schlafly, the great John Schlafly of the Schlafly Report. And then later on in the program, Noah Weinrich, Noah Weinrich uh, of the Heritage Action. And we'll get an update on what's going on in certain states where election, uh, election integrity is still at the top of the list. So we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. Don't forget to visit ProAmericaReport.com to sign up for the daily email there, the daily wink, and uh, also check in on all our great interviews as standalone links. Be right back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Time to check in with John Schlafly. John Schlafly is one half. Uh, John, I early, I misspoke earlier. I said you were the lesser lesser half of the Schlafly Report. It's John and Andy Schlafly. I, I, those guys, sometimes I've seen them arm wrestle to see who is the upper half of the uh, Schlafly Report. But the Schlafly Report, the uh, brothers Schlafly have been writing the Schlafly Report for about four and a half years. Their mother wrote it for just about 40, I don't know, 44, 45 years. So the boys have a ways to go to keep up with their mother. But that's the way the late Phyllis Schlafly was with most of us. Uh, we all came up a bit short. John Schlafly is also one of the key leaders at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and is on the board of America's Future. America's Future, the organization that General Flynn, Mike Flynn, we've talked about, is taking up. So a lot going on in John, Schla- John Schlafly's life. So John, the column this week is Transgender Travesty by Dems. Now, uh, the column posts over at townhall.com, our sister site, and then is also available archived in um at phyllisschlafly.com. John, um, before we get into the details of this, uh, we're talking about Arkansas's governor um, uh, vetoed a bill and all. The transgender issue, um, the NCAA has been threatening uh, uh, to uh, block, you know, boycott Florida, change over Florida over the transgender issue. I guess the question is, is this issue picking up steam? Is it fading away? What's the, what do you feel on the ebb and flow? Sometimes I know you guys write on a topic that you say is, you'll see is important that may not be getting as much attention to try to bring attention to it. How, what's your feeling on this issue and where it is for the American people? Well, what brought it up to the top of the news was what happened in Arkansas just last week where the governor vetoed uh, a bill which the legislature promptly uh, voted by overwhelming margins to override the governor's right. veto. And that's the, the first bill in the nation to become law, which is to prohibit um, you know, life-changing, irrevocable medical and surgical procedures on uh, underage, on children, um, you know, and that's, um, unfortunately, that's, uh, that is the coming thing, you know, but where did the issue come from? As we said in the column, the transgender issues seem to hit the average person coming out of nowhere where you know suddenly we're talking about something that nobody ever heard of a couple of years ago and, right and, uh, it's as almost as if the the people who drive the agenda on whether it's social media or whatever were searching for the new wedge issue and they picked and they all jumped on that Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, the whole issue really is bizarre. I mean, there's only a tiny fraction, like one person and maybe 20,000 or 50,000 people uh, suffer from what's called gender dysphoria. And so why is this suddenly an issue where the whole nation has to worry about whether we're misgendering them, as they say? And a professor, yeah, um, this didn't make it in a column, but a professor at a 
college somewhere in Ohio was punished by his university for, you know, not addressing a student by the preferred pronoun of the opposite sex. And he brought a lawsuit and the federal courts upheld his right of free speech. He was not that he had the free speech right not to, uh, you know, address someone by the opposite gender. And so that uh, is an incident that's a part of the coming thing. And, of course, Joe Biden has signed on to this. He is, he sent out a tweet last year, or whoever's controlling his Twitter account, uh, sent out a tweet just last year saying, this is the civil rights issue of our time. Well, you know, uh, I think it's, a lot of people laughed about that. What are you talking about? Civil rights? What does that mean? There was no talk about transgender during the civil rights movement. This is a tiny, tiny well, but but John, let me John, let me pause and, and ask you for the history on this. Late in the column, we're talking with John Schlafly. Late in the column, you reference this, and it caught my eye. Transsexual, the original name for transgender, was promoted in public school curricula as early as 1978, when Phyllis Schlafly was almost alone in speaking out against it. I'm referring right now. I'm reading from John Schlafly's column. Now, a generation later, what was taught in public schools is on the verge of becoming mainstream. First, let me pause, uh, and I want to say. Um, the uh, John, a generation is uh, is 22 years or so. So that's really two generations. So there's a factual error in your column. I just want to point that out. But let me move on to this. Transsexual was the name. Transgender does transgender. And I'm, I'm not kidding. I get this question from people all the time. What is transvestite then? Transvestite is just dressing as a, a boy dressing as a girl. Transgender is you actually think you're a, you're a girl biologically, but you believe you're a boy. Um, and is is transgender does it require the physical um change that's talked about the, the the kinds of surgeries and others is that is that actually required in this in the, in a process what's the i mean i don't even know what the word means and we're having a public fight about it well uh they're fine points uh, Ed, and i don't pretend to understand all the fine points especially since you know some places talk about as many as 50 different genders you know but the 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 basic phenomenon that we were the starting point in our language is that the word sex, there and there are only two sexes, is the difference between male and female, which all human beings are either male or female. That's sex. Whereas gender is socially constructed. And uh, gender began as, you know, having to do with words and language like uh, some, uh, like Spanish and French and other languages have attached gender of male or female to inanimate objects. And if you've studied those languages, you have to learn all that. But uh, right. uh, sometimes we refer to uh, a ship as female or our country as female. That's, but that's gender because that's uh, speech. That's, you know, social convention. Whereas sex is biological and is fixed and unchanging. And yet, but the irony Ed, is that people who now speak of transgender, some of them really are trying to change their physical sex by having horrible, in, uh, well, mutil they're trying to mutilate their bodies, essentially, in order by removing healthy organs and by taking massive doses of hormones in order to change the pitch of their voice, in order to either remove or grow sex organs, which is just horrible. I mean, it's, it's, first of all, it's horrible that a child who is 
13 or 14 years old should be allowed to do that, even if they think they want to, because many, many of those children grow out of it. And uh, yet, but if they have this, these procedures done, then they cannot go back. And then they have to live with the bad choices that they made. So Arkansas law is trying to stop that. Yeah, uh, and 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 Asa Hutchinson's Asa Hutchinson, the governor, Repu- the Republican governor, vetoed it. His justification? Am I getting it wrong? Am I mixing it up? But maybe it was Christy Nome up in uh, in uh, in South Dakota that that there was going to be lawsuits about it. Is that what did Asa Hutchinson say? What was his reason for not wanting to have this law? Well, Christy Nome in South Dakota did say she feared lawsuits, and uh, what Asa Hutchinson said it was he. You know, the, the government shouldn't be involved in private decisions, almost as if, but, you know, there are going to be lawsuits either way. I mean, this, it, all of these laws that, that have been passed have been challenged, and the ACLU has announced that they're going to file a lawsuit again against Arkansas as soon as they can get it written. So that's just part of life today, is litigation by the by the ACLU and, and the transgender uh, lobby, essentially. And uh, and then there's, you, you mentioned sports a moment ago, and the issue of sports is very, very serious. You know, we had, we've had women's and girls' sports under Title IX now for, as you say, that's more than a generation. It's two generations. But if male-bodied young athletes are right. compete in women's sports, you know, even if they've had surgery and even if they've had hormones, they still have an unfair advantage over b- born girls in sports because the male right. body, the male athlete has an enormous advantage over even the, even the best girls and women in almost every sport. And, and in fact, my... You know, my brother and I were trying to think, is is there any sport uh, where women and girls can compete on an equal playing field with men and boys? It's hard to even think of one. Um, you know, Bandy said, well, you know, there have been w- w- women who successfully swam the English Channel as as well as men. Well... I don't know. You can look that up. But if you're talking about competition, whether it's track and field, whether it's uh, team sports, whether it's even individual sports like tennis, even the best women and girls in the entire world cannot compete on an even level playing field with the average male athlete. So, in other words, the average male, young male athlete is better than the best uh, female athlete. And that's just... But I mean, John, it's... Almost every sport. So if you allow this to happen, it's the end of women's sports. It's the end of it. Well, here, uh, uh, let me just just try to see if I can get us uh, both called sexist and written up. Um, The cop in Minneapolis that has just now uh, resigned. I think her name's Potter. Um, 26 years on the force, president of the, of the of the police union, I think. One of the trainers of the of the young people, she pulled the wrong gun and killed that guy and everybody whether it's whether it's manslaughter or not, she's going to be charged. Um, and someone brought up on a TV show, they said maybe women shouldn't be cops. And I mean, there used to be an argument that why would 
you put women in combat? Because writ large, there's there are women that are stronger than men. That's true. There are there's always women that are stronger than some men. But writ large, as a system, you you can't rely on that. But John, let me ask you: for for fifty years, the the the, the, the feminists have argued for laws that protect women. They want more women in in universities, right? They want more. They want equal number of women's uh, sports teams and sports players in universities. They, if all these laws, very, many of them sort of uh, burdensome and, and overly uh, specific, and there's all this Title IX stuff, and lots of lots. Now, 50 years into that fight, they're willing to say, um, okay, well, if some guys want to you know, believe their girls, they can take all the records uh, and win all the matches and win everything in, in women's sports and end women's sports. Well, the feminists were never consistent about whether they, you know, wanted absolute equality, which is what the Equal Rights Amendment would have done in all of our laws, or whether they were comfortable with preferences, whether whether it's preferences in employment. Uh, you know, it's like you can't discriminate against women who are pregnant. You have to hold her job open while she is pregnant, you know, and not give it away to a a male employee and that kind of thing. So, uh, of course, you know, that's, and, 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 but for now that we face the transgender issue and, uh, you know, if the equal rights amendment were in the constitution, then the question is, what does it even mean to discriminate on the basis of sex? If sex includes a transgender person, but of course, nobody thought of that when the ERA was written, but if that goes right. to the Constitution, then you've got a text Could be. that can never be changed. Hmm. You know there are. Yeah. All right, John. I got John. Unfortunately, I got a. Yeah. I got to run, John. I'm getting yelled at in my ear. John Schlafly, everybody. Go to phyllisschlafly.com. All his columns are archived there. Thanks, John. We'll talk again next week. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, he's been with us before. His, no, his name is Noah Weinrich. Noah is over at Heritage Action. He's one of the uh, uh, one of the senior folks there. I think he's in the press office, but he's really great talking about these many issues. Heritage Action, as you may know, is affiliated with the Heritage, Heritage Foundation, but happily, in my estimation, it's the C4, which means they fight, they punch a lot more than uh, sometimes some of the C3s, and I'm ahead of one of them. You have a lot of deep thoughts, but you can't always punch somebody. And uh, Heritage Action is out there saying, hey, if you believe this, this has got to happen as a matter of policy, passing legislation. And so Heritage Action, I was just over on Noah's uh, Twitter feed. He retweeted, uh, I don't know, yesterday, a uh, piece out of Axios. Leading conservative group is defending Georgia's new voting law from its corporate critics. Uh, so first of all, welcome, Noah. How are you today? Hey there, Ed. Doing well. How are you? Good. So tell me about this. You guys are going down to Georgia, the whole world, every cable news network except Fox and maybe Newsmax and maybe uh, One America have been you know, focused on how everybody who has any kind of brain wants to leave Georgia because of this law. You guys are going down there to defend the law. Tell me about how you're doing it, what you're seeing and uh, why you're down there. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we've been in Georgia um, and I'm a Georgia native, but uh, Harry Jackson has been in Georgia um, most of the last six months, you know, we were on the ground before the election. We were on the ground uh, before the runoff, educating voters. Um, we were sending poll watchers as well. 
Uh, and then since the since the runoff, uh, we have been in Georgia working on election integrity. Now we have a, a nationwide election integrity initiative focusing on eight states. We've put up ten million dollars already, um, and we've been working in Georgia, especially. You know, they have the biggest voting rights bill so far this year. Uh, we were involved in that, and we are involved in the aftermath as well. You've probably seen this as soon as President, as soon as Governor Kemp put pen to paper and signed that bill. The left exploded. They couldn't handle it. Uh, President Biden called it Jim Crow on steroids. He made a a number of false claims about the bill. Even the Washington Post. This is the Washington Post. This is not a a conservative organization. But even they couldn't take it. They rated uh, Biden's claims about the bill four Pinocchios out of four. Uh, And so they're basing all this on nonsense. And so we are going down there. We're putting a million dollars in running ads in Atlanta on CNBC and broadcast networks. Just telling the facts, telling about how Biden lied. Washington Post fact checked him. Uh, The law does not stop uh, voters from bringing water into line or from poll workers giving people water. Doesn't restrict anyone from voting. All it does is makes it easier to vote, harder to cheat. It's strengthening the safeguards yeah. in Georgia. Now, no, we're talking with Noah Weinrich, who's over at Heritage Action, and uh, he's down there, and Heritage Action is down there defending the, this law and, and saying what a lot of people said if they slowed down was look at the law. In fact, uh, the Major League, ba- Major League Baseball moves to uh, the, the All-Star game to Colorado, and, and some of the Colorado uh, laws about the, their election are, are are tougher than Georgia. I mean, it, actually, as much as I applaud Georgia for taking action, it's not – I would have actually done more. But, the, but here's the thing, Noah um, – the onslaught of the media and the sort of uh, common culture to say it's bad and define it and, and then just never talk about the details again. It's huge, right? It's very powerful. What's your response? What kind of response do you get? Do you get people, you know, calling and writing or contacting you saying, thank goodness you're here? Do you get just absolutely savaged by the left? What's the what's the impact of what you got, what you guys are doing coming down to defend that law? Yeah, you know, we do get uh, savaged by the left, but we really wear that as a badge of honor. Uh, you know, the week the week <laughs> of uh, when the, when this stuff was going on, you know, there were CNN stories, New York Times stories, talking about uh, you know heritage action and this you know this uh, this harsh voting bill. And you know what? If CNN wants to say bad things about heritage action, I will take it. Um, right, right. The folks who from the folks who uh, you know really care about the truth. From the folks who were going to spend the time to look into this, look past the spin, um, you know, we've been greeted very warmly. You know, people on the ground, uh, we have a, a great myth versus fact sheet you can find on our website, heritageaction.com, just breaking down the six most common myths about this new law. You know, comparing the myths, what you hear from Biden and Schumer and everybody else, uh, to the facts. You know, the facts are pretty clear. You know, this is no... Jim Crow 2.0. It's common sense. It's supported by most voters in Georgia, including most black voters. Um, And so the truth needs to be told. And that's why we're going down there. There's not enough people telling the truth. Uh, So we're grateful for any opportunity to get it out there. We're again. We're talking with Noah Weinrich, and uh, Noah. Make sure you say in the, in the next moment. Want to give a chance to answer uh, the, the, all the places you want to send people. But he's at uh, at Weinrich underscore Noah at Heritage underscore Action is their groups. Um, Noah, earlier this maybe a month ago, I read about Heritage Action that was targeting eight states, going in ahead of time to help promote efforts to tighten up election laws. And so you know Georgia did it. Maybe it was one of your eight, but in seven others or eight others, you're out there saying move things along. One of my 
my fears, Noah, was that as we got further from the election and the power of the narrative machine, big tech, big media and big government to tell us that 2020 was perfect. And everybody goes, oh, well, if you say it's not perfect, you get knocked off of Twitter and Facebook. And I was with General Flynn on Monday morning in uh, Nashville. He started talking about uh, the election and the problems with the election. Facebook shut him down in the middle of his speech. He had been talking about all sorts of things. So back to my question for you. How's how's it going in other states? Because my fear, again, that people would start to either forget or not want to deal with the uh, the, the negativity of the media. It's held true. That's what I'm seeing. And so how are you? You guys seeing in those key states i think it's arizona florida georgia iowa michigan nevada texas and wisconsin give me a sense on those uh on those states and how it's going yeah that's exactly right so iowa was actually the first to pass a bill um they passed a good bill of course they didn't see as many problems as georgia did last year so they had um you know they had less to uh less to pass less to improve georgia signed the biggest bill so far this year i believe that was march 24th Arizona, um, so most of these bill, most of these states are taking an omnibus approach, packaging everything into one bill to pass it. Uh, Arizona is doing it a little bit different. They're doing a piecemeal approach. And so their first bill was a bipartisan bill. Only one person in the whole legislature voted against it. It's simply comparing death records to voting rolls, make sure that no dead voters are on the voting rolls. Pretty common sense. The next one was HB 2054. That passed, I think, uh, that was signed on Friday night. That gets private funding out of elections. And you've heard about the Zuckerbucks. Um, the yeah, yeah, from yep, yep. Zuckerberg-affiliated groups that $400 million last year, which we've seen increase. It was distributed in a partisan way, increased turnout on the left. Um, most of these states, fortunately, are banning that. Arizona banned it last Friday. Um, they have a couple more bills moving. Texas is the next big fight. There's two bills there, HB6 and SB7. This is another omnibus state. We're going to have to reconcile those. Um, some great, great measures there, uh, re- um, prohibiting or capping the amount of money, the private money, the Zuckerbucks, um, improving poll watcher access. There were, there were sites in Texas where poll watchers were illegally kept out of the room. This is going to go back and fix that. Um, it's going to, you know, fix the, drive-through voting problems. It's going to secure drop boxes. The list goes on. Um, Wisconsin, Florida, and Michigan are the next stop. And those are going to be, um, you know, they're all going to be fights, but that's why we're there. That's why we're telling people about about them. Um, you can learn more about all of these states at saveourelections.com. Good. That's what I needed from you at the end there. Thank you. I think there's a ton happening and people need to track it. All right. Um, Noah Weinrich again. He's over at Noah underscore, uh, excuse me, at Weinrich underscore Noah on Twitter. Um, do you, what, what is my, my setup for your last question about how the media wants everybody, if you say it wasn't a perfect election, they savage you. Are you guys experiencing that? Are you seeing that? Are you seeing some of the Republicans and conservatives say it's just not worth the trouble? Too many people are complaining if I say we've got to address this. In other words, I've often felt that the the justification for good reform needs to be at least something that you can point to in the past. And it feels like the media and others are trying to make it so there's nothing you can point to. Yeah, you know, we're definitely seeing that from the media. You know, the CEO of Delta uh, walked back his statements on the new bill. Um, Then, you know, they sort of supported it first and then quickly denounced it. They said it was based on a lie, but that's totally false. You know, regardless of what you think about the 2020 election, Nobody can say that it's perfect. 
it was chaos. Um, you know, you look at Georgia, it took weeks to learn the, all the results. Um, right. And, you know, frankly, this is a bipartisan thing. Rasmussen polling came out recently. Only 25% of Americans think that the last two president, presidential election winners were legitimate. That's one quarter of the country. People on both sides. Remember after 2016, we had years of investigations. People on both sides have serious doubts about our election systems. So we have to right. secure them. We have to strengthen them because uh, otherwise the, our democracy will not work. Yeah. Well, it's important stuff. Uh, Noah Weinrich, thank you. Heritage Action at Weinrich underscore Noah at Heritage underscore Action. We'll put it all up on social media and uh, we'll talk again soon. Noah, keep us in close touch. Uh, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, you're welcome. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Don't forget, go over to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up for the daily email there. And also, you can get this interview and other interviews. We post them over there as standalone links. So be right back. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Yesterday, April 14th, is the anniversary of the day 185 years ago when Noah Webster published his dictionary containing 30,000 definitions. He had been working on this project for 26 years. As a business venture, the dictionary was not a success. The rights to it were bought after his death by George and Charles Merriam. But as a landmark in giving American English its unique identity and even the American concept of individual rights, Noah Webster's life work was very successful. For example, look how Noah Webster defined the word property, a word whose real meaning is very important to Americans. Our founding fathers thought the right of Americans to own private property ranked right along with life and liberty as fundamental to a free society. It's not only the communists and socialists who have no respect for the individual ownership of property. It's also the United Nations, the environmentalists, and the global pressure groups promoting government control of private property under the labels of climate change and Agenda 21. They want property to be owned and managed by the community instead of by individuals. Here is Noah Webster's original definition of property, quote, the exclusive right of possessing, enjoying, and disposing of a thing. Ownership. In the beginning of the world, the Creator gave to man dominion over the earth. It is one of the greatest blessings of civil society that the property of citizens is well secured. Here is how Noah Webster dedicated his famous dictionary to that great and benevolent being who has borne me and my manuscripts in safety across the Atlantic and given me strength and resolution to bring this work to a close. I would present the tribute of my most grateful acknowledgments. Parents and grandparents jumpstart the education of that child you love so much with a proven phonics course. With TurboReader, anyone at any age can learn to read. For free information on Phyllis Schlafly's Turbo Reader, call toll-free 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Open the door to a lifetime of reading and self-motivation. Call 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Went too long on a bunch of interviews there, so I just got a minute or so, but we'll wrap this thing up well. I mentioned at the beginning of the program, go back and listen there in the wink uh, there at the beginning, I talked about the Rasmussen poll that came out that showed that 70, excuse me, 51% of all Americans polled think that there was cheating in the 2020 election and then the cheating impacted the election, 51%. 74% of Republicans think that's true. And 30% of Democrats think there was cheating in the election in 2020 that affected the election. So it doesn't matter why we got here. It doesn't matter how we got here. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. We have a voter confidence problem. People do not believe the election was done right or well. And I told you over and over, when you have a problem... With elections, there's only two kinds of problems. One is systems, work the system right, keep it in te- you know, high integrity, have the ballots, all that. And two, confidence. Both of them have to be very high. High quality, high integrity on the system and high voter confidence. Right now we got a voter confidence problem that has to be addressed, even among Democrats. That's why you see people keep talking about it. That's why I'll keep talking about it. All right, speaking of confidence, I got to go, but I'm always confident... Our great Noah, the technical director, has done a great job. We're thank you, thank him, and thank Joanna for booking our guests. And we'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro America Report. I will talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on the Answer, San Diego.